We've been in this series of Let's Talk. And I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your ability. I want to talk about what you can accomplish. But before you can do that, you have to know what, what tools are in your hand. What can make you viable and, and, and really powerful. Because God has given us some wonderful gifts. So I'm going to ask you, because the message title will be this. Do you believe? That is key. Do you believe? Because if you do not believe, there's no way to please God. So listen to this today. And understand that in his presence, in the presence of almighty God, there is life-changing power. There's life-changing ability. There's, a, there's a, an ability to demonstrate the goodness of our Lord and of his Christ. You have that ability in everyday life, whether it's in school, it may be in college, it may be on the job, right there around your kitchen table. But there's power that you can, you can acquiesce. You can bring it toward you. So, do you believe? Let me ask that again. Because his presence must be in our lives. Do you believe in God's miraculous power? Do you believe that he still works with signs and wonders? Well, see, I do. I believe that. You say, well, Bishop, I've not seen it. Well, you need to hear me. It's not in just seeing. It's believing before you can see. I believe that. People are always, I noticed this as I was ministering uh, out of state this week. You understand that there are people that question God's ability. They question God's power. They question his oversight and his love. They really do. And you say, well, that's the world talking. The world will always talk about that. That's the, the, the secular voice speaking no, let me tell you, it's not only the secular voice that's speaking, it is also God's people. It's Christians that still are questioning God. That's, somehow you need to rethink that. You say, well, I, you know, I don't have a problem with questioning God except when it comes to faith. I'll get into that in just a moment. The Bible says, in Psalm 78, verse 19, thinking about the children of God, the people of God, he says, they spake against God. Now, I want you to think about this. We're talking about the children of Israel. We're talking about them in the wilderness. We're talking about all the things that went on in and around the Exodus. And they spake against God, Pastor Ariel. They spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They questioned him after all the signs, after all the wonders, after all the miracles, after divine intervention, they still question. And I wonder, are we still doing that today after he's helped us? And I'm going to tell you, if it hadn't been for God <coughs> who was on my side, I would not be here today. That I will never question. But they questioned him, can he do this? And then I'm drawn to the verses in Hebrews, the second chapter, verse 3. How shall we escape? How are we going to escape? Where are we going to turn if we neglect so great salvation? And understand there's a, that, that word 
is, has a broad definition. How shall we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Let me stop and pause there for a minute. When we're talking about a great salvation, <coughs> we're talking about it encompasses several things. It encompasses healing. It encompasses prosperity. It encompasses security and deliverance. Yes, salvation speaks to all the promises of God, his wonders, his signs, his divine intervention. Not only are you saved, but you're continuing, you're on a road where you continue to be saved by God. What do you mean by that? Well, this illustration came to me as I was ministering the other day. If my son was drowning and I saved him, I could say, uh, Ariel, I saved you. Does it stop there? Let's say we go swimming again and he gets back in the water and starts to drown and I save him again. Did the first salvation, did that secure him? No, I had to reach out and help him again. So that's the way I look at our Lord. We're living in this life, this, this, all this carnality around us, all the influences of the world. And believe me, Alan Meshagan, you may not need it, but I need his saving grace on a daily basis. I need it. So that's what I see. Continuing, he continues to save us because some of us get in deep water and we need his saving grace. Now, verse four of that chapter of Hebrews, God also bearing them witness. God bared them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers or diversity of miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Help me here, pastors. Whose will was it? His, who's his? God's will. It is his will to perform these things. This is what he wants to do for his children. But let's define for a minute who is them witness. Who is he talking about there? Who are these people? They're the ones who heard the gospel of truth. They heard the gospel of truth. They heard about Jesus Christ, and they went forth preaching about the power of Jesus. And when they preached about the power of Jesus, guess what happened? He showed up. He showed up confirming their words with miracles, with divine intervention. The Bible calls them signs and wonders. God confirmed his word in them with these, what I just said, signs and wonders and diversity of miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want those gifts today? Because we're talking, let's talk. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your families. I want you to make it. We're living in a fast-paced life, and it's a stress-filled life. And many of us walk around in anxiety, but when Jesus comes into your life, Things begin to change. I heard a testimony of a man. He was speaking on television. He said he had tried every drug and alcohol and illicit relationships and all those things. He was addicted to all these things. He said he had one encounter with Jesus Christ, and he said all that left him. My God, that's a wonder. That should be a sign to the unbeliever how wonderful he is. Do you believe, if, you, if, if you're hearing me today, which you are, do you believe we are preaching the word? Now, if we're preaching the word, something has to happen. These words have to be confirmed 
with his divine intervention. Wherever the word is spoken, Sister Kathy, there will be signs and wonders. Something you like to say, Kenny, I'll maybe change it a little, a little bit. If God did it then, he'll do it now. If he did it then, he'll do it again. Faith, hear this and mark it down. Faith isn't in what you can see. Are you hearing me? I've got to see it. Faith isn't what you can see, but faith, I like this. Faith is the answer when there is no answer. Have you ever been in that situation in your life, pastors, those that are watching? Have you ever been where I just have no answer? I don't know what to do. Faith is the answer when there is no answer. When the doctor comes in and shakes his head and says, I don't have any answers for you. It's beyond my ability now. That's when faith has to arise and have the answer. And let me tell you today, having faith in Jesus Christ can take away that spirit of anxiety, that spirit of stress. Those, that foreboding presence that's around you can be eradicated. And let me just say this. We talk about the apostles written in the New Testament. If he did it for the apostles, then he will do it for us. Say that back to me. If he did it for the apostles, he will do it for, uh, for us. And you need to hear this. His words will be confirmed. Let's go and say it again. His words will be confirmed with the miraculous, with signs and wonders. But what is a wonder? What is a wonder? A wonder is something you don't see every day. If you saw it every day, it wouldn't be a wonder. A wonder is something that doesn't happen all the time. You're looking for something happening in your life. It can happen now through Jesus Christ. A wonder is something that causes a feeling. This is by definition now. A wonder is something that causes a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. That is what a wonder is. And that's what I want to see. I want to see it in your life where you wake up in the morning and say, man, it's a wonder. We used to sing a song, Jesus, what a wonder you are. He is a wonder. And I wonder if we even realize his miracle working power. I wonder about you, what you think about his wonders. Oh, God. But if we, and I want to see this, if we're to see God's divine intervention, we must keep God's work, wonders as an excitement. How many of you, we walk in the church, or we walk in and we're talking about God and everybody's lackluster. They come into a, a meeting and they come in chewing gum and talking to people and laughing and carrying on, not realizing they're walking into the womb of the presence of God. I understand Fellowship, I understand friendship, I understand, but we we become uh, we've become to, we've come to a place to where we're desensitized to the Holy Spirit. We're desensitized to the presence of God. I mean, I've prayed for people before, and miracles would happen, and people just they don't even they don't even clap anymore. They don't even say Amen anymore. They don't even raise their hand unless it happens to you. And when it happens to you, you're ready to praise God, or you better. You really need to, praise God. And let me say this. Every time it happens, I think, and it excites me 
pastors, when I pray for somebody and they're healed, I get as excited as the recipient. Man, I think this is so phenomenal. God just opened, uh, I was reminded this week, I was preaching uh, last week in uh, Western North Carolina. And I was reminded, the pastor there, Pastor Lyndon Hall, he said, do you remember praying for that woman that came into our service uh, back several years ago? She was totally deaf, Ariel. I'm sure you were there with me. Totally deaf. He said, and when you prayed for her, her ears opened immediately. A wonder. How many people (coughs) said, thank you, Jesus. Well, that's nothing. It's not just... It's a wonder to me. It's excitement to me when I see a child walk that's never walked. And I've seen that. When I've seen cancer eradicated through the power of God. It excites me. Why don't we see more of it? Because we've gotten too desensitized to the Spirit of God. We don't even respect the Word of God when it's being spoken. We turn on our cell phones and we start reading things and texting. No, I know the Bible now is on our phones. But for the most part, when you're sitting there watching a movie in church, something's wrong. So, well, you're a pastor, you could say that. I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to go to any service, I'm going to be attentive and I'm going to be open. I don't care who is speaking. I'm going to get a nugget from what they say. I'm going to find something in there that helps me grow. If we do not hold his his presence and his miracle working power as something special of God's wonderful working power and we start taking it for granted and treat it with a nonchalant attitude I'm afraid it will be taken away from us we can't do this like the children of Israel in the desert matter of fact in my ministry the ministry the Lord has given me it's his ministry he allows me to work in it I stop even praying for people the way that I should be praying for them. And Pastor Kenny and Pastor Ariel, and I know Sister Kathy sitting here has watched me. People will walk up and literally they'll walk up like this. They're looking around. People in the seats are talking. People are carrying on. People are laughing and going. And I'm wondering, I can't even operate in the gift God's given me because they're not, they're not reverencing God. They're not reverencing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive and we cannot quench him. I watch the people and it seems like to me, Pastor Ariel, they're going, they're just going through the motions. We come into church, we look for the miraculous and we have to ask people, well, could y'all just raise your hands and worship God? And I think that's wrong. I don't think we should ever ask them to raise their hands again. Because those people, need to, they need to feel the presence of God and revere him and honor him because he's here. He's like he is now. Thank you, Jesus, for being in this house. Thank you for healing me and saving me and delivering me. Thank you, Father, for the angels that are around about me even now. That I want to raise my hand to. That I want to applaud the Lord. God, help us. Jesus, help us. We can't just take it for granted and go through the, mo- mo- uh, through the motions. We can't take God for granted. This attitude in the church is what's so very destructive. That's why people come and say, I don't really need the church anymore. I'll just go do my own thing. It's because we've taken it too nonchalant. But a wonder, 
And I want that. I want you, that for your life. That's what we're talking about. A wonder is something that you may experience one time and never see it again. But here's the deal. You have to keep expecting. Keep expecting. Every time I walk into the house of the Lord or every time I call on the name of the Lord at home, I realize, hey, something great could happen now. His angels are around about me. He's watching over me. God. But pastor, those things happened when Jesus walked on the earth. It doesn't happen now. That's what some theologians will say. But this that we read in Hebrews was after Jesus' ascension. After the formation of the New Testament church, he... He seated at the right hand of the Father. He confirmed their words with signs and wonders and diversity of miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. God moved on his people to prove that it wasn't the devil. It wasn't the enemy that was doing these things. It wasn't a false doctrine. This was from Jesus Christ, from the throne room of God. If God did that for the early church, why shouldn't he do it for his church today? Let me say this. Why shouldn't he do it for you right now? If you love the Lord, you honor the Lord. You've, listen, you can stand up from where you are on your couch, your sofa, drinking your coffee and say, Jesus, what a wonder you are. I don't have to wonder about my life. I don't have to wonder about about evil coming my way. I don't have to wonder about sickness. I don't have to wonder about death. Why? Because Jesus, you're my wonder. God in heaven, help us today. Do you believe God is still showing? Let me ask you. Do you believe God is still showing himself strong? Do you really believe that? Let me show you something that is important in keeping the presence of God in our midst. The children of Israel that left Egypt never made it into the promised land. Why? They died in the sands of rebellion and unbelief. They didn't die because God didn't send signs and wonders and miracles, but because, watch this, this is key. Mark it down. This is key now. They remembered not. I'm starting to wind this up, y'all. Everybody needs to listen. They died because they remembered not, Psalm 78, 11, And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. What did he say, Pastor Kenny? Forgot. Marvelous things did he, he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoar. He divided the sea. He caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand up as in a heap. And in the daytime also he led them with a cloud by day and by night. He lit it up by fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of, uh, out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused the waters to run down like rivers. And now watch this. And they sinned yet more against him. All the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles, all the divine uh, substance that he was sending their way. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking for meat for lust. I can't preach that right now. But they had the manna, but they wanted meat. They weren't happy with God's bread. They 
Verse 19, and what did they do after all this? They spake against God. They spoke against God. They said, can God furnish a table for us in the wilderness after all they had seen? That sounds like the church today, doesn't it? It sounds like Christians today. As a matter of fact, it sounds like the world today. Nobody trusts God. Very few trust God. They, trusted him. they trust God with limited sight, limited vision, limited heart. God in heaven. If we turn that around, there's no way to stop what God can do. I'm going to take you to a place right now that I believe this is the word that he gave me in western North Carolina at the Freedom Church. And this is applicable to you. Are you ready for this? And I want you to hear this carefully. I'll, I'll be more thorough in, the, in our in-person service. But I want you to hear this portion of this message. I'm going to take you to Job. The Lord spoke to me very clearly in this message. And I don't want to forget what he says. Are you ready? He took me to Job. He said, speak this to my people. Early last week. Job 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. That just shows you Satan can go about where he wants to go. And the Lord said unto Satan, where, where are you coming from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth, I'm looking around. And from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright right man, <clears throat> one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for nothing? Yeah, he's got a reason. Job is walking in signs and wonders and miracles, divine intervention. Does Job serve God for naught? Oh, this is good. Then he goes on, Satan says, Hast not thou made, or haven't you made a hedge about him and about his house, about him and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And God spoke to me in all that. He said, You tell my people that through the power of the Holy Spirit, today I am putting a hedge around about them. I want you to understand the blood and the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm drawing a line in the sand with the blood of Jesus. And nothing can cross the blood of Jesus except God allows it to enter. There's a hedge around, about you. There's a hedge around your family. There's a hedge around your business. There's a hedge around your thoughts. And let me tell you, Satan cannot enter in because the blood of Jesus Christ is there. Let me tell you how powerful that blood is. We as, as human beings, we were born into sin. We were born into inequity. Am I right or wrong? The Bible states that. And what is, what is the, uh, the answer for sin? Can anybody tell me? 
There must be an offering of blood. There has to be a shedding of blood. If not, God has a legal right to, to literally destroy us. But now here we look at God, the omnipotent being, the omniscient being, the all-knowing, all all-doing, all-powerful. And when he comes in to, to make a move in a certain area, maybe it's a rebellious people, let me just tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ, that blood, he will not even cross it because he has a covenant with his son. Now take that to the bank, chew on it for a while. He will stop. Now, if you think God reveres the covenant that his son made, don't you think Satan, he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have an opportunity to come against you because there's a hedge around. You ought to get excited about that. Somebody ought to give, get excited and say, you know what? That's, that's phenomenal. There's a hedge around Ariel. There's a hedge around Sister Kathy. There's a hedge around Sister Denise. We have a hedge around our thoughts and around our lives. Next time you get anxious, man, say, you know what? I'm going to trust God and he has a, a fence around me, a security fence around me. What is that security fence? The blood of Jesus. He said, tell my people I'm putting a hedge around them. And then I look at this last verse that I'll quote today. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, behold, I will give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. If you can't believe that, let me tell you, that's powerful. Why are we not achieving great things? Because we don't believe in the one that can achieve it. Why are we not doing great things? Because we don't believe in the one who holds it in his hand. My life is in his hand. Your life is in his hand. I want to pray for you because I believe right now I'm believing for you that right now God is going to move in a way that you've not felt before because you're going to start to sense that hedge coming around about you. I feel it now. There's a hedge around me. There's a hedge around this church. There's a hedge around everything that I do. And I'm going to believe for that, but I want to believe it for you. I want to pray that you can walk into the, you see, the fence, you have to walk in it. It's built to keep things from attacking you. But if you walk outside that hedge, there's difficulty on the, on the, on the outside of the hedge. I want to pray for you. God, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for your mercy. I want to thank you, Lord, for the words that are coming forth from me right now. Because, Lord, I know someone is watching that needs help. They're anxious. They're, they're excited. Their blood pressure is going up. Different ailments are starting to bother them like never before. But God, you gave me a word and the word was, tell them I'm putting a hedge around about them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to secure them. So Lord, right now, I believe in your miracle working power. And I believe that the spirit, your, your spirit, your divine presence is speaking to people, wherever they are, in the office car, doesn't matter if they're in this state or another state. You transcend time, you transcend space. So God, right now, bring clarity to our thinking, clarity to our words, clarity to those things that we even believe. And Lord, I want to say this. I believe in you. And I believe in your signs and wonders. I believe in your miracle working power. And now, God, as you spoke to me, something I've read many times, but it became personal when you said, tell my people 
I'm putting a hedge around them. So in Jesus' name, I claim the hedge for you. Thank you, Father. All is well. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. I do appreciate you so much watching today. Thank you so much. Please share this video. Please, this is an important one for someone that's got COVID, someone that's got cancer, someone that's got terrible diabetes. Whatever it is, I want you to know that today this message is going to turn you around. And I can't wait to minister this in the in-person service because I know what God is going to do. Please tell your friends about us, please, and let them know that something good is happening right here at the East West Church. We're creating a dream to awaken the world. And believe me when I tell you, we will awaken it because God has put a hedge around about us. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time.